Hello everyone, welcome to an Apotheosis of a Bombast, episode 74, off the top of my head once again. Um, yes. And I am very, very, very angry indeed. I ended up with a speeding ticket this week, and it has just cheesed me off no end. <laughs> By the way, I am uh, also John joined with Scott Copperman, as always. And I'm not very angry, nor have I received a speeding ticket in the last three weeks. So. Oh, <laughs> God's sake. Uh, right, I'm going to get this off my chest. If there are any swears in this, I do apologize. But I am very, very angry. Indeed. Oh, uh, right. Where do I start with this? Yeah, got a speeding ticket in the 30 mile an hour zone, going 42 miles an hour. Wicked! While I was at work, it seemed like the copper jumped out in front of me. Let's put it like that. Is it possible there were a pair? You were spotted somewhere behind and then relayed on to someone up ahead? Oh, what? Someone doing a spotting? A spotter and yeah, sniper? Yeah, I've seen that where they'll be uh, on an overpass, there'll be a police car. And then you, like, 500 feet down the road, you see someone actually on the same road as you, flagging people down. Or it wasn't like that, no. Yeah. I was going along a 30 mile an hour zone. This road, funny enough, goes from 30 to 40 to 30 to 40 to 30, and then national speed limit. And <laughs> I've only driven down it once before, and I was doing the 40, 30, 40, 30, and as you in the last 40 zone I think it is you go up a hill over the top of the crest of the hill it turns into a 30 mile an hour zone and so what I did I went up around about 40 ish miles an hour covering my ass and then I proceeded just to cruise slowly down this winding road now this winding road has a, a line of sight all the way from the bottom of the hill to the top of the hill guess where the copper was standing at the bottom of the hill, perfect line of sight, and he nabbed me. And I, I, I'm gutted that I got nicked. That's fair enough. I've got my own stupid. I should have just kept my eyes on the speedo instead of watching out for other things around. So I hold my hands up to that. Fair cop. But the thing that really, 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 really got to me, and it really did, is I didn't get a ticking off or anything. He pulled me over, he stuck his hand up, pulled me over, and in my head I was going, oh no. Mm-hmm. And he pulled me over, got out of the car, he went, yes, you've been caught doing 42 miles an hour. I went, oh, okay. And he filled out his paperwork, sign here, okay. Okay, there you go, ta-da. Produce this in, within seven days at your local police station. And I just, is that it? Really? No, no <laughs> telling off? No, nothing? Make me feel a bit naughty about it. Because now all I feel is anger towards this guy because it's just, where, where's the telling off? It's just a, a money-making scheme. I know it's cliche, but it is. Crying out loud it is. And I'll prove it because as I got in my car, I had, I looked up the, the hill and I was, I stood in exactly the same place that he stood in 
and I looked up the hill and I could see the line of sight and there was other cars coming down and then he stood behind me so I got in my car as I pulled <laughs> off he'd already pulled someone else over I'm thinking crying out loud how many people do you want to do today so I went all the way down to the bottom of the hill I went round the roundabout I went all the way back up the top of the hill just to check the signs and see where I stood and if I'd missed a speed camera sign, there were no speed camera signs on this road either, which bugs mm -hmm. me. I think, I might be lying here, but I think you have to have a speed camera sign to designate you. There could be speed cameras here. So I went all the way up to the top of the hill, went all the way back down to the end of the hill, and by the time I'd gone past him for a second time, he'd pulled a third person over within You're five like he minutes. He didn't pull you over again and just... Say, is there a problem, sir? You, you need to say something, or? Well, it's... yeah, I I did check my speed as I was going down. Like, you ain't <laughs> gonna nag me twice in five minutes, crying out loud. But it, I feel more like a number now than an actual. I'm here to protect the people crossing the road, where well, between the two fields, and it just gets to me that there was no ticking off. There was no, oh, you're a naughty lad, really. I would have felt a bit better if you'd gone, made me feel like a little schoolboy. But there was nothing like that at all. And it, God, just, ugh. so I am, yeah, I am, how, how the kids say, well cheesed off at the moment. There are times, though, where that kind of handling is appreciated. Because uh, you might remember on our holiday trip, my seven-hour drive to my parents' house, uh, ended with a speeding ticket three miles from the destination. Right. Not in the first 360 some odd miles, um, most of which was highway roads and through multiple states. This was walking distance from the destination, and it was a similar kind of thing. It was a, a what they call a bypass. It was a, a highway connector, had a speed limit of 55. And then it come it ends like it's it's basically a really really long exit like a m many mile long exit. Yeah. And so you're going still basically highway speed, and then it in the final, let's say 400 meters it drops from 55 to 35 and it ends at a traffic light, and then from there you could walk to my destination. Um, and in that 400 meter span. Even though I stopped at the traffic light, I was stopped for going 52 in the 35 mile an hour zone. So, you know, I'm going 55 on the road. I mean, how quickly can you decelerate? You see the sign. Mm -hmm. Now, I happen to be familiar from the area, but I also had out of out of area plates. So, like you said, there's a, a little ka-ching, ka-ching money dollar signs going off. Yeah. Uh, he might not have even realized that I knew where, where I was. But still, you know, I didn't hard break so kind of like you going over the hill i had maintained my speed roughly and i would i stopped at the traffic light get to the traffic light look in the mirror i see the police car lights pulling over oh let me oh, i'm rushing in my head hmm now am i supposed to go through the red light to get out of his way because it was only one lane because i know no place to pull over um no no i'll wait the light happened to turn green i made the turn pulled over on the side and to my surprise he was behind me <laughs> but this is now uh, 
like one thirty in the morning. We've been driving for seven hours, and I'm in the the new car, which I don't know if I have my proof of license and registration and all, or where it is. The car is packed with Christmas presents and clothes, and like every inch of the car is jammed. Yeah. Uh, except for my daughter asleep in the front seat and with seatbelt on, and my son kind of awake and watching in the back. And when the the policeman comes up, I'm scrambling through. I, I can't find the registration. I explain it's a new car. It might be in the back underneath all that stuff. And as I'm digging through, out comes a little unmarked vial of little white pills, <laughs> which are my son's <laughs> medicine. But I am uh, that that's they're my son's medicine. You know, it's just everything's awful. He's are you in a hurry to go somewhere, sir? Like. I just, we've been in the car a long, long time. Yeah. All on the highway, and I just want to go over there. And, uh, you know, despite the, he didn't make me go and dig everything out and get the registration. He just, he said, hold on a second, walked away, came back, and he said, just, you know, the amount you have to pay and where to send it to is on the ticket. He didn't make me on my way. He didn't put any white gloves on and snap them on and say, sir, take your trousers down. So, I, I mean, unlike, I mean, I, I was equally frustrated in that, oh, come on, like, especially because that's, that's clearly a speed trap. If there, There's a couple of, of ones. There's one in Orlando, Florida, down by uh, Disney World, where the road literally goes 55, 35, 55, with no, <laughs> no reason for it other than, gotcha, right in the middle, and we got the, to- you know, if you don't live there, you know, uh, you don't know that it's going to happen. Yeah. But this... I personally appreciated not having been given the once over, but I I could see your situation and either way, it just, I I feel just as stupid. Like I'm I'm mad at myself for it because I, I I just feel like it's, it shouldn't have been that way. Yeah. I'm, I was, I think I would have rather have been pulled over by the police and at least had like blue lights around me and made me look like a badass instead of just some lame old copper standing on his motorbike. Uh, it was... He was... I, oh, nah, I could really say some naughty words. But it's... I know it's cliche again, but it's as if he jumped out of a bush. Maybe mm-hmm. he was masturbating in the bush and then, oh, there's another car. Zap. Right. Zips up. He's flying and runs out and stop. But... I, it's just like the lamest pullover ever. It really was. And then you got tons of other cars going past, all rubber necking on. Oh, that's the worst part. You know, zoom, the, yeah, the car's shaking from the speed, and you're like, really? I, I'm as bad as that person. Yeah. I, mm. So now I've. How, how much was your um, fine, by the way? It was $80. $80. Yeah. It's quite a bit. It was, yeah. uh, you know, let's. It was. Basically, two Xbox, two brand new Xbox games. <laughs> oh, nice one. For those not familiar with the trans transfer rate. Yeah. Mine's £60 and three points on my license. And Oh, oh. that's the other thing I'm, I'm waiting to see. I don't think that I, that would be the case for mine, but you never know. I'll have to wait and see. Yeah. Oh, I know... See, I'm... I'm one of these guys that always stick up for the police because I know the first thing, if someone breaks into my house, the first thing I'm going to do is phone the police. 
if I see one of my family get hit or beaten up or anything like that, first thing I'm going to do, phone the police. I'm going to call on them. There's going to be a situation where I call on them. Yeah. And so I I don't stand there slagging them off when they do the slightest bit wrong because they're just humans anyway. But when you have like a cheese ball just standing there and doing that and it's just, oh, really? Come on. No schools around or anything. I could understand if it was a school area and I was caught doing that, but it's, it's not. It's a field. It's a big green field. The worst thing that's going to run out is a pheasant. <laughs> and I'm not being funny. We've already gone through how many times I've hit pheasants. So uh, I'm still fuming about it now. And my local police station doesn't open all day, every day. It's not manned 24 hours. So I have to toodle off tomorrow before I go out. Which is a bummer, but... Oh, God damn it. <laughs> I'm gutted. Well, let me see if I can make you feel better. Um, we do have a reason to play the jingle. We got email. Oh, okay. Hang on. There we go. Perfectly yes. timed. Now, on a bit of a downer note, the the email just skeeved me out, which is not hard to do, as we've demonstrated. But uh, a couple episodes back, you had kind of thrown out to the fandom what what were their experiences with uh, <laughs> let's just say foreign objects <laughs> that didn't belong in the body being in the body. Yeah. And Emma shared with us a a quite detailed three paragraph uh, response here and uh. <laughs> I'm going to make you read it out now you're going to make me alright well do you want me to read it out or not I'll read it I'll, I can I can get through it okay, I can cool. toughen up here uh, hello Scott Nelton I listened with great interest to the story about the fellow who sneezed out a bullet in episode 72 I, you know it's interesting I don't know if that would I would listen with great interest to that but I appreciate that she was listening in that manner because I have to do this to get through it. I have to uh, editorialize this, I guess. In response to your request for tales about foreign objects removed from your lovely listeners, I thought I'd tell you about what happened to me back in 2009. Although it wasn't technically a foreign object removed from me, it was rather unexpected, to say the least. Back in February of '09, I felt rather poorly with stomachache, but went to work anyway. I got to work, but promptly collapsed and was rushed to the hospital. After a few hours in accident and emergency and some inconclusive poking in my tummy, I was advised to go to my GP the next day and have an ultrasound. Right, right there again. I, I don't want to be told. We'll go home and go to your doctor the next day. Mm. You're already at the emergency room. You've collapsed. I, I would, I'm surprised that that wasn't something that, that maybe did cause a debate. Maybe she sat there and stomped her feet. And... I'd swoon over. I'd put my hand, my, the back of my hand to my forehead and swoon dramatically well, onto the floor part of it too is uh, for me to go to the, the hospital i've already exhausted my other options i i think we had said before like i i don't know how these people who have food poisoning don't just assume they have stomachache mm-hmm. you know i i probably i've probably suffered through a number of maladies over the years that i could have justified going somewhere and i just wrote it out thinking it was just a crummy couple of days yeah. but i give her credit for being tough uh, to cut a long story short, 
a week later, a week later, she had an ultrasound which discovered a cyst, which was so big it completely obscured her left ovary. Wow. She was referred to her local hospital to have surgery to remove it. That, again, an ultrasound, like, she went to complain. They waited a week to do an ultrasound? I Maybe I'm not, is accident and emergency something different than going to the hospital? No, well, surely they would have been able to run her in and give her an ultrasound there and then. I, I don't know. Yeah. Mate, sometimes it feels like you just a, a nobody. Pat on the head and send on your way, kind of, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Here's some neurofilm. So, she uh, had what was called a dermoid cyst. These are cysts which contain, which, these are cysts which are formed after cells grow out of control. They can become huge. Weighing many pounds and can contain, can contain, <laughs> can contain skin, hair, and even teeth. Oh. The consultant said she'd probably had it for many years. Again, bypassing some of the boring details, a few weeks later, she was having surgery. And after it was all over, the consultant told her it was half solid, half liquid. A bit bigger than baseball-sized and weighed about a pound. Wow, that's big. As you can imagine, she's so thankful she doesn't have any more. And she went from being ill in February to being normal in May. That's three months. Wow. Hair, skin, and teeth are, are available. Oh, I hope she's pickled it. Something, uh. something that size you'd actually want to take home, I think. Well, I... I doesn't mean that hers did, but I suppose some could. No, but oh, you'd, you'd draw a face on it. If you had teeth on it, you'd actually draw a face on it, I think. Well, just think from, you know, at some point there was the first one. You know, and, and let's not even say like primitive times, but let's say in the 1930s the first dermoid cyst was removed. Mm-hmm. You know, they caught it in time, they took it out. And they take it out, and it's got a little face well, isn't like, that, that's very much like fetus in fetu, though, isn't it? Oh, yeah. But, uh, so, so yeah, so someone's removed this first cyst, and, I mean, you, you don't expect it to have hair and teeth. Oh, no. Yeah. All I'm thinking of are some of the the horror movies you see over the years, or even, um, what is it, Men in Black 2, where the guy from Jackass is on someone's head is like he's got a head on his shoulder oh i oh, can't remember yeah johnny knoxville was in that yep. wasn't he yeah well emma thank you very much for sharing <laughs> yeah thank you very much she could have ended up like the guy out of total recall yes what was the guy in the belly oh i know what you mean yes yeah i see you one step away from that well done Nah. <laughs> 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 okay talking of letters then we had a um a post on Facebook from Mr. Jim Moon. Yes. Yeah, he he sent sent over a um a link on the Facebook page saying a news oddity for you all following on neatly from last week's final meal discussions. Here's a woman who loves to eat cushions. Now I've I've seen the video to this and this woman is mental. She can't get enough of the actual yellow filling in cushions that you actually sit down on. And, oh, it's brilliant. There's loads of YouTube videos about this. 
she basically got an addiction from it. She probably likes, probably started young and likes the the taste of it in you. I think everyone's bitten a cushion every now and again, haven't they? Some more than others. But she pulls bits of her own cushions off and sticks it in her handbag and she eats it while she's driving to work. And when she's at work, she'll sneak away and have five minutes just eating cushion. My earliest memory of eating cushion, I was about 10 years old and my cousin, we were in his room and he's like, try this. On a daily basis, um, I probably eat about an eight and a half by 11 piece of cushion. I just take little bite-sized pieces and snack on it all day. Sometimes I'll just go on like a binge where I'll just keep going for like 20, 25 minutes straight of just eating cushion. I love couch cushion, the way it sits in my mouth. It's soft and it's a good taste. With the darker cushion, the yellow cushion that that tastes better. It just has a stronger flavor. This is the damage that I've done so far. I have all this too, like all this is gone. I do only eat cushion in private. I'll go in the bathroom, go in my room or something and just eat it. You know, the, it's her little problem. I think it's from a program called My, my Strange Addiction, where obviously people have weird and bizarre addictions to many different things. One being couch cushions. And she also in this video shows how much she's eaten of a cushion. And there's just loads. She must have eaten a couple of sofas worth. Well, it's interesting. But, they they categorize it as um, perhaps a specific case of, I guess it's called Pika. It's uh, a psychological tendency to to want to eat non-food substances which you know, there's all different varieties and they say it's common in kids and um, possibly caused by a mineral deficiency like she's driven to get the I guess if you sucked on if you ate money maybe you were craving the nickel in it or something but mm-hmm. I just I, I saw the story and all I could think back to were like two or three times in school when like I can remember I liked orange juice and then you could get breakfast at school and in third grade one day I bought my little uh, snack cake and orange juice and the orange juice was frozen and it just that one uh, just didn't taste right didn't it wasn't what I expected at all turned me off completely uh, there was a time uh, with like a tomato sauce again when you're younger, but that you know it, it just doesn't taste like you expect it to. So you you swear off it for a good year or two years. I can't imagine that couch cushions have a good flavor, or at least they're not influenced by the other things around them. The you know person who sat on it previously, the room they're in, you know people's homes smell like cats and dogs and cigar yeah. smoke. I'm sure the cushions do too, but. Uh, I was surprised that there hasn't been like, yeah, I got that bad batch back in uh, 08 and haven't been able to go back to it. <laughs> I, I think it's more of a texture thing. It must be. I think everyone's had, when they were a little kid, they must have had a sponge in the bath and bitten a little bit off and just played around with it. 
a bit like having a bit of cotton in your mouth every now and again and you yeah. think, when when you're a kid and then all of a sudden you throw it away. But, but she's maybe got addicted like that and then she's just eating tons of it. But that too, there's got to be a real food substitute. That I mean, unless she just has no desire to get off it, but whether it's cotton candy, um, certain... Crunchy bars, they're honeycomb. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's all different types of things you could have that have that um, texture, you know, the sponginess to it, but it's bizarre. Yeah, <laughs> I'd like to see more of this program, My Strange Addiction. That'd be wicked. I don't know. When, when you start revising your TV habits, is it tough for something to make the cut? Marianne and I have been talking about how, you know, there's no loss this year. We were excited Fringe came back. Uh, we're actually backed up on Hell's Kitchen episodes. We're down to, like, I think it's the final four were from the summer. Mm-hmm. But um, we keep talking about what show can we fit in because we, we don't really have much time that we watch television without the kids. You know, they'll watch their children's shows and get ready for bed, and then we only have maybe an hour, a couple hours a week that we sit and watch television so which makes the cut and a show like this unless one of us saw it and loved it like that's what happened with whale wars that kind of crept in but yeah even that's only like 15 hours a year because <laughs> it's it's a short season yeah it'd be low down on the expectations really wouldn't it yeah you'd get like a really good week where you find a person eating glass or aeroplanes or yeah if you saw one clunker though you'd probably wipe it off the list yeah too right to be honest I've have you seen any of V at all I watched the first half of the first season and a couple of the episodes in the second half of that season and it just I don't like some of the uh, the characters or the actors and I just I got so gun shy after what happened with uh, Persons Unknown I just didn't feel like investing in a show that might. might I really uh, enjoyed it. I have to admit, I've I've got the uh, first season on DVD, and I'm waiting for the second season to be shown over here on TV. I'm not so sure when it's starting, but I don't I care for was... the uh, the son, the the boy who's kind of being manipulated. Yeah, he's a bit he's a bit obvious, really, isn't he? Yeah, and it's taken me. It probably almost all the episodes I watched, it, it probably took all but maybe one or two before I could really shake the trying to match what I was seeing with the original uh, miniseries. Maybe that's where I'm lucky. I remember it being on. I remember little bits of the original. I, I, well, I even had coloring books for it as well, yeah. so I've seen like the lizards and stuff like that, but mm. I don't remember a lot about the original so maybe that's where I've come into this one fresh not comparing it and really enjoying it probably because I I was sitting there trying to oh he's going to be this oh he's that this is the equivalent of that or I wonder when they're going to get to this point but I have heard that the plans for this are to to let it deviate and and be a different storyline you know some things in common but to eventually branch off on its own so it just came back, I think, right? About uh, three or four weeks ago? Yeah, yeah. So it should be over here pretty soon, anyway. I did hear the ratings were very poor, though, for the return. Ah. 
Fair enough. So that's never a good sign. <laughs> fringe. You have to get invested in Fringe. That sounds like it's going to be a good one. It sounds I like it's going to last. Yeah, it's the last season, isn't it? I no, no, know. no. It sounds like it's going to uh, endure because they've switched the the day and it exceeded expectations. And I thought it got cut, though. I thought it actually been killed. No, it's still on the bubble, but upward trending. So. Oh, okay, cool. It won a lot I... of awards and all. It's it's good. And one thing you'll like, to, to, as a tease, um, one of the websites I had seen for it has 83 differences between our universe and th- there's two universes and that's not a spoiler it's like a right away out in the open mm-hmm. kind of thing but there's um it someone has a, a whole web page of 83 differences between the two universes and it's it's very clever it's very well done and um it's really the the only bit of appointment tv that i have at this point uh, speaking of, of bits of fringe science and weirdness, we had another post on the Facebook page from Ollie Peters. Uh, he actually okay, put cool. a link up, and and I had a little bit of trouble getting to that target, so I put a, a second link up. But he sent us a link from, I guess, The Guardian. Is that a magazine or a newspaper? That's a newspaper okay. over here. Basically just saying that the UN should coordinate a plan for how to deal with extraterrestrials and it's it's an editorial from the science correspondent so I mean we had been talking a little bit about that back in earlier episodes and uh, didn't get a chance to talk about it much with our our last episode but that's really where it, it was really relevant and I, I've been giving a lot of thought to that list of the most realistic and unrealistic films mm-hmm. and I noticed one common characteristic of the realistic films was the absence of lasers. You know, no no blasters, plasma guns, lasers as weapons. Yeah. And I've always heard that that's one of the the big, one of the two or three big things you hear about, like science fiction space movies. It's the banking spacecraft, it's the noise, the as they go by, (laughs) and the lasers. But was what was missing to me was the whole 2001, 2010, and I don't know if it's the whole. I don't know what part of it made that not make the list. Whether it was that the years have come and gone, <laughs> or was it the the big monolith? Possibly, I, I I think it's more that the years have come and gone, but it's still the progression is still there to be had. But it obviously didn't happen within them years. Well, I always thought that yeah, I always thought that, that was a very realistic situation. The hotel in space, the um, the ship they send to is it a moon of Jupiter, right? Yeah, not a moon of yeah. The ship they send there to uh, to go and explore the source of the message and all. I, I thought that was all pretty realistic, but I guess. The timing, and then kind of the resolution of, I think it's 2010. Well, I guess it's not a spoiler, it's an old film. Which movie ends, or which story ends with Jupiter becoming a second sun? Oh, that's 2010. Yeah, I mean, that I could see that being like, a, uh, if that happened, the Earth would be destroyed, and you can't really oh, create a second sun. Oh, we'd be ripped to shreds. Right. So, in that sense, 
Oh, plus Jupiter has to be about 4,000 or 400 times bigger than what it actually is at the moment. Well, it doesn't replace our sun. It just becomes a really bright... It becomes a sun for that other planet, for that moon. But yeah, right. it's just not... I, that, I thought, was probably uh, the big kink in it, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. It, I, I still have been looking, and I haven't been able to find uh, like a, a detail description of what, what made that list. I, I'm thinking more and more... It was just a group of NASA scientists who were so fed up with this 2012 thing that, let's make a list and put that at the top. Well, we can't just have one thing on the list. All right, fine. Uh, This movie sucked. This movie sucked. That one sucked. And that one, too. (laughs) Yeah, I'm surprised Independence Day wasn't in there somewhere as well. Yeah, that's true. But, yeah, this this column is all about uh, aliens and what would happen if we, if they did turn up and how we should assess the situation and what would happen to religion and you know our religion religious traditions what would happen there um what would happen to faith what other bits um well we were talking last week about in the movie contact how they would decide which nation gets to host this interaction with aliens yeah so i'm sure you'd have that you'd have iraq and you'd have iran and you'd have Japan, India, Australia, uh, all these um, countries. You'd have the big guns. You'd have uh, United States, you'd have Russia, and you'd have China. No, you're right. I think that, think they're the three big ones that are capable of sending people up, possibly not straight away, but within five years or whatever. And I, I think they're they're the biggest superpowers around at the moment, aren't they? Well, in, well, let's go to V for a second. V went to hundreds of sites, or dozens of sites at least, on the globe with the ships. Yeah. But Anna, went. she originally went to New York, right? She went to the United States as her... Yeah, that was she where was her in ship New York. Went, right. Now, obviously, it's an American television show, but that would probably be a similar approach of, of multiple ships coming... That's what happened in Independence Day, and and the actual ringleaders kind of stayed up in orbit. Mm-hmm. I guess a lot of it depends on whether it's a you know U.S. film, Japanese film. Yeah, know, it's always shot from their their side of things. Aliens always end up either in New York or somewhere across America, don't they? Washington yes. or I yeah. Know. I think if you were going for remoteness, then you'd be landing in an island in the Pacific or something. You you wouldn't be. <laughs> if you don't want to be encountered right away. Yeah. The Arctic. I wonder I wonder what the real practical target is. It's very impractical to, to land in Washington, D.C. or New York or There's an London easy or... way for them to do it. If, they, if the aliens came along and they came round the moon and all, all they have to do is look at the dark side of the Earth see where all the lights are, and then go away from the, the light bits, go to the dark patches. Yeah, I don't think that they would land in any sort of heavily uh, popul- populated area unless their intent was to, like Independence Day, destroy it. Mm. You know, the ship's just hovering overhead so they can destroy all the sites. I don't know. I, I didn't really like that film anyway. Well, all right, so it says, Earth must prepare for close encounter with aliens. Do you think the first 
the first uh, interaction is likely short range or long range. Do you think aliens come and you know whether as close as the moon, the moon or closer, when they first make their presence known, or do you think that it's it's going to be like a long, long distance communication, like people of Earth, we will be there in 2012. I don't know. Or like contact, Ooh. like the coded message kind of thing. I I like the thought of a coded message. I love that part about contacts, but I don't know. I I'd like to. I'd like them not to go onto our garden, but maybe like get our attention from far away. Maybe Jupiter, but then they've come like millions of miles of, up you know millions of miles away. And then they stop at Jupiter. They might as well just go the rest of the way, really. It it's like you know, um, close encounters. Mm-hmm. And when they land that ship on the airfield near the Devil's Tabletop or whatever it, that mountain yes, is called, I know what you mean. Mm-hmm. and all these little guys they open the doors, and all these little guys come walking out, and then they go back in, and then you have the big guy come out, and he has to bend down, he has to crane his neck, and. Uh, you know, you come all that way, why not park your ship just a little bit higher up, and then you'll be fine. <laughs> you don't have to stoop down. Or use a ladder. It just seems crazy that you come millions of miles away to park a bit too close to the floor. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think I think there's something about knowing they're coming. You know, if, if we could track the arrival, that would have a very defensive posture on our part and so as a result maybe it's better if they just kind of show up one day and are like oh hello yes we've been on the other side of the moon here or (laughs) we've been hanging out by Pluto you couldn't see us but we're we've been watching and planning our arrival oh it'd be be awesome but I'd be shit scared at the same time Uh, like the article says it would just change everything I mean there's people who panic over you know, they've changed the package of my cereal. There, there's an ulterior motive for everything, and this would be. It would be a reason for people to go potty. I think people would absolutely go bananas everywhere. Now, do you think it's a reasonable expectation to have of someone visiting that they may be received uh, negatively? You know that. Yes, the presidents and kings and queens and prime ministers and all might welcome them, but there's going to be some nut job somewhere who is going to uh, be protesting or try to shoot guns at them. And I think you should see it from a reverse perspective. If we went somewhere, if we actually finally made it past the moon to somewhere and landed and there were people or things just screaming, going, woo! and others going you'd I think you'd expect a 50-50 split yep. and then, then you have to start communicating I think it would be from a distance thinking about it I don't think we'd just drive up and go hi guys how you doing because I think you'd have stones and everything thrown at them well look at what we're doing with Mars you know we're looking <laughs> we're looking for life on Mars oh and yes we've dropped three or four things on your planet and dug around a bit and all. And my big concern, one of my big concerns, I guess I should say, is that 
we will go somewhere and maybe we'll find at some point like a a plant like algae kind of substance mm-hmm. and out of ignorance and and using our own world as a frame of reference hurt like a, a like a hive mind kind of thing like that life will be so different wherever we encounter it that we will unintentionally do damage as we take a sample you know, oh look, we brought home fifteen microbes. Well, those fifteen microbes were connected to a larger network, and yeah, we've we're now cl- made an enemy. We're we're a clumsy race, though, aren't we? Really, yes. we, we we could land on a planet and there'd be five microbes left, and the the astronaut would step down and step on them and Oops, look around. I mean, four. There were four yeah. left. Yes. No signs of life. Okay, get in the rocket, go home. Hold on, so I got to wipe my shoe. Yeah. Okay. I think we're pretty clumsy like that. Yeah, we take great care, but there's also... Like Beagle 2, that was sent up to Mars and it was miscalculated on... I think someone got metres and kilometres and miles incorrectly and it pummeled into Mars. So what type of damage has that done? Yep, you're right. You're right. And I I think there's just the sense of, uh, like, entitlement. (laughs) And, and like, well, you know, we're, just, we're not hurting anybody. How do you know? It's crazy. So do we have any uh, articles of our own to share? Yes, we certainly do. Uh, right, this story was sent by Pete Kelk. I think that's how you pronounce it anyway. And it's a Argentinian woman survives a fall of 23 floors. <clears throat> An Argentinian woman survived after jumping from the 23rd floor of a downtown Buenos Aires hotel on Monday, landing on a taxi moments after the driver dashed to safety to state the news agency reported. Oh, okay, yeah, I understand that. What else? The 33-year-old woman was in intensive care ward in Buenos Aires, the hospital, after the suicide attempt. Oh, it's a suicide. I didn't realise it was a suicide. I thought she'd just fallen. But she's fallen all this way landed on a taxi in the seating position and totally crushed the driver's side of the taxi. Gone straight through the windscreen, bent all the roof over, and I think she's broken her pelvis, a bit of internal bleeding, but apart from that, she's fine. Yeah, it looks like the car acted like a spring of some sort. She just was unlucky or lucky enough to hit that particular part of the car where it had a little bit of give. Yeah, you lucky woman. But so... You had a policeman looking up at this woman about to jump, and a taxi just pulling right in front. They didn't cordon off the area. They didn't, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it, even just looking at this picture of um, the woman after she fell, there's an awful lot of traffic. People just turn their head, kind of looking around, looking at her inside the car. Yeah, maybe, maybe it all happened so quickly. Maybe they just spotted her up there. And, oh, no time to react to it. Maybe she just, if you're going to commit suicide, you might as well just do it then instead of waiting for all the the press to turn up. That's what I'm assuming anyway, but, oh. (laughs) Well done to that taxi man for catching her. Yes. Bravo, sir. Uh, Moving on to the next story. Uh, I've got a SatNav Direct's car into church. The old SatNav Direct's people everywhere story. Ugh. 
a 76-year-old pensioner and his wife drove into the side of a church in Germany after following instructions from their satellite navigation system. The couple spent the night in hospital with minor injuries after their car GPS system developed a fault and directed them to turn right, reports the Metro. <laughs> now, if if you're going to be driving, uh, following a, a sat-nav, and you, you know, unaware, and you think, oh, should I really turn down that? You don't exactly speed, do you? No. Now, this, this car says here, uh, da -da 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 -da. the car crash saw the Renault written off and caused £21,500 worth of repairs to the church. I think they must hit it at quite a speed. Yeah. They must just have... No, I'm following it. I'm following it. I'm following it. And there's... Where's this church come from? Bang. Dickheads. Sorry, just... Oh, why... There's a bloody church. I bet they drove past tombstones and everything. There are tombstones flying up in the air. Vicar standing in front of the church, waving his arms. No, not my church. But and it they says... just plough into it. <laughs> Who built this church here 200 years ago? <laughs> Maybe my GPS is outdated. I have to get the update. <laughs> nope, nope, still not on there. But there's still... After so many stories about this, you know, people... There was a, a German, or was it a Spanish guy, who drove from Spain and he was supposed to end up in Germany, he ended up in Cornwall somewhere, nearly driving off the edge of England. <laughs> and you hear these all the times. When you're when I'm using my sat-nav, if I go down the wrong turn, I swear it a little bit, turn around and go somewhere else. I don't drive into a side of a church. And yet, there's still people following these and not... It's it's like a head up display. They're they're more into the game than actual real life around yes. them. And no, no, it says I'm allowed to cross here, but there's no there's no bloody bridge built. No, nope, doesn't matter. I'm still allowed to cross here. I'll be interested interested there. I'll be interested to see what the future of these systems is because the ones that are built into your car are often low below the dashboard. So they're not well placed, and you have all these, you know, cases. No texting, no cell phone. I mean, I they may, at some point, have to become just voice only, so people can keep their eyes on the road. Yeah. And discriminate a little bit, but I mean, it's it seems like something that certainly is helpful, but you wouldn't you wouldn't drive with your map out all the time. You would reference your map, but back in the days before GPS. But yeah, you know, right now you have basically a screen, and you're right. People drive like it's uh, a video game. <laughs> they drive according to that little screen down at their knee level, instead of actually f watching the road. So yeah, it's oh, it's crazy. I know there are cars with like head-up displays that are developing this, where you you can actually get your turns projected onto the windscreen and they look quite cool and so it's it's not gonna deviate your eyes as much as looking over to the left hand side and looking right. at this gps and then looking back am i in the right place right no, but if it's I, wrong to be this. texting and such or, or using a handheld phone then it, it really the same risk is involved i think in following these gps's yeah oh it just 
astonishes me that people are still doing this. <laughs> oh, oh, there was one other little story I wanted to uh, point out. Sure. Yeah, there was um, a, a security breach at Gatwick Airport just recently, and it's over the stupidest thing. It's people just going high and mighty and just not using their common sense. There was a, a parent, uh, two parents and their kids, and they'd uh, scanned this bag, and it had gone through the scanner, uh, flagged up something, so I opened the bag, had a toy soldier in it. And toy soldiers always come with guns, don't they? Like a, a an action man or whatever it is, like a, a, I don't know, 12-inch doll or whatever they are. And airport security brought it on themselves that this gun, this plastic gun, is a firearm. And so they made the woman of the, the owner of the firearm made her go to another shop, buy an envelope, put the gun in the envelope, and then get that scanned, and then posted to the house because it's classed as a firearm. It's just ridiculous. Why can't people just use their brains and go, it's a toy, yeah, okay, right, you're on, fair enough. I don't know, I, I can remember back before all this happened having a um, cap gun. This must have been maybe 1977, 78. And yeah. that was back when, at the airport, you could pretty much go all the way down to the gate to wait for uh, incoming passengers or someone departing. You could go with them all the way and watch them get on there. And, uh, you know, being allowed to go through the first security thing, but then the second security thing saying, when you were very close, saying, oh, no, sir. Uh, your your kid can't have the. It was me. I as a little boy, I had the toy cap gun, and they said, "Well, we'll hold it for you here, but you, you can't take it any closer, just because, yeah, you know, we don't want someone to get scared." <laughs> and uh, it's just, it was handled so differently than it would be now. I mean, now they'd be like, "Lock down," and <laughs> what was he thinking bringing this here? And you know, my parents would be berated for having not thought ahead about that coming in. Yeah, you just can't go anywhere near like that, that sort of equipment yeah. anymore. Yeah. But yeah, it sounds like this was just handled <laughs> poorly. Yeah. I mean, bad decision on their part to have it there, but at the same time, just, you know, to be made to go and buy all that stuff. Well, that they had it in, in the bag. It was all sealed in a bag, all ready to go through a scanner. It was obviously either in carry-on or in luggage anyway. And then they had to decide, oh, no, we're going to rip this out and see what that is. But it's a bloody toy. Yeah. What, what, what would happen if she'd bought a tank or some uh, an aeroplane? You know, you can't grenade. bring an aeroplane onto an aeroplane. That's just crazy talk. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Oh. There's definitely double standards there. And, you know, people say it's better to err on the side of caution, but it... It doesn't seem like that's the case. It seems very inconsistent. Like, this will happen, but then someone else will slip through with <laughs> with, with a pre-made explosive. You know. Well, maybe maybe someone slipped through with their mini cannons that we had on a yes, couple of episodes right. ago. Ow, now, they are it. awesome. Ow, quit it. Ow, quit it. <laughs> Sorry, you'll have to stop. Ow, quit it. Please stop <laughs> shooting the passengers. I can only hit the one right in front of me. <laughs> I still want one of them so badly. But I still want to work in an office and have them around. 
you get one ball bearing every day and then you get one shot every day <laughs> and it'd be like five minutes before everyone clocks off bang 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 bang, bang. yep or it's going to be elton can you refill the coffee pot and then they see you start to pull that out never mind i got it it's all taken care of well plenty of things to pick a moral from in that list but there was one thing that stood out to me i, I keep your eyes on the road <laughs> was the the big one that seems so obvious but yeah i'm happy with that i will remember that one forever i think <laughs> keep your eyes on the road see now i'm, I'm gonna get angry again now I'm god oh well <laughs> i have to well, go you... pay my 60 pound fine tomorrow yeah so you have to go in the morning try not to lash out at the the nice you think it'll be a man or a woman collecting them the money uh, I don't know. See, I'm, you're not allowed to say stuff like that over in Britain anymore. Oh, I, no. Did you hear about these sexist rants that have been going on? No, but I don't know. There's, I'm not judging one or the other. I'm just curious which one you, you no. expect it to be. Because I was going to say the nice man or the nice lady, and then I was like, well, I don't know what it'll be. I don't know. Some of the lady coppers are quite hot every now and again. Is the person? Yeah, I'm not allowed to say that. I'm not allowed to say that in England anymore. You're not allowed to say anything sexist at all. Otherwise, you know, woe betide you, because all the higher you know, people on the moral high ground look down at you and go, "Ah, you shouldn't be saying that stuff." Well, regardless of gender, I wonder if the person will be someone who's like stuck at a bench at a desk job, and they're like, "You're not much of a policeman." <laughs> no, you're not the same as your peers. You're sitting here in the safety of this desk collecting checks. Stamp this for me. Sign my receipt. That's what's worrying me, though. I'm going to get down there and they're going to say, no, we don't take checks. And they probably won't have a card machine. It'll just have to be cash. And, oh, really? I don't know. Oh. Well, they have to give you a, a receipt, so checks should yeah. be okay. These days, I think they'll take whatever they can get. Cash, check, card. Might as well be a bloody direct debit. Yeah. Do you know what? I I feel so bad about this. I'd rather have the police come round my village, knock on my door, and actually ask for a donation of 60 quid a year, rather than just making silly money up like this for no reason whatsoever. I really would. Eh? Oh. <laughs> well, you definitely have some issues to work through. I do, don't I? <laughs> and I would suggest you do it before going tomorrow. Try very hard. I'm going to be growling when I go in there. <laughs> and I'm not going to say thank you either. Thank you? Why? You didn't say thank you, sir. Why Why should I say thank you? What, for taking 60 quid off me? Okay, no worries. <laughs> uh, right, I'm going to get out of here because I'm going to... I'm turning into a boiling, pus-filled, just <laughs> mucus... With teeth and hair and everything. Yeah, uh, that's an image I can't deal with. All right, well, we'll be back in a week then. In the interim, check out the Facebook page, the actual uh, podcast page at bombastpodcast.podbean.com. Send us an email if you like at bombastpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, you can follow us on Twitter. At Elton McManus, all one word, or SHC1970. That's right. Always looking forward to all the the letters and the jingles and yeah, bits and thoughts. And there are quite a few things that we encounter or share that don't always make it to the show. So that's your best way to, to kind of see what else is going on. 
Yeah. One thing we will do, we'll play out with the the rant of dot dot dot, if you don't mind. Oh yes, I forgot about that. This was a a review of a game at um, I want to say Newground Games. I forget what it was, but someone wrote someone who was probably about 10 years old wrote a review ripping a Flash game and then someone else took that rant and read it aloud, added a little bit of characterization and it's actually part of a uh, YouTube video which I, just has the text kind of scrolling around and all like a commercial but it's pretty I'm witty. addicted to that now. <laughs> I like I it, it's it. good. It's it's worth seeing the video too because there there are some little bits of like commentary on screen about what is what's being said out loud. Yeah, cool. All right, enjoy. Dot, dot, dot. A review by Axman 13. Date, February 3rd, 2010. Score, 1. I really don't want to say this, but I have to now. This game is so essy! I mean, all you do is hit the space bar. That's it! How is this an RPG anyway? You can't control anything but what it says on the screen! What if I didn't want to buy the potion? What about quests? All you can upgrade is strength! There is no way you can lose to the boss at the end! This game is crap! It's not even an RPG at all! I mean, look at it! In what way is this supposed to be an RPG if you can do quests and stuff? All you do is press one button the entire time! Explain to me. Explain to me! The Athor commence our total lies! Is it supposed to be stick dudes? I don't even know how this damn game got the daily third prize. Or a rating of 4.26! People think this review is worth it. Go ahead! I don't care! I'm just trying to make a point here! Blam this piece of crap! P.S. The only reason I'm giving this a one is Biakuas. The voices were pretty good. But that's it. <laughs> <laughs> 